Evans, and this is Product Thinking. For this week, we're talking about serendipity and invention, creating products and experiences through luck and skill. So the invention of the microwave was a product of just the right amount of serendipity and persistence. Interestingly, Percy Spencer, the creator of the microwave, an engineer for Raytheon at the time, wasn't trying to create a new kitchen appliance. Uh, He was testing magnetrons, which produce radio waves during World War II in order to ramp up production for the U.S. military in order to satisfy their radar needs. So obviously the U.S. military during uh, World War II needed a lot of magnetrons, needed a lot of radar. And so Percy Spencer uh, was tasked with helping to do that for Raytheon. So while he was trying to improve the power levels of the magnetrons to send out more powerful radio waves, he happened to notice a candy bar in his pocket had melted. Of course, if it had been a normal chocolate candy bar, that wouldn't have been much to write home about, since simply having a candy bar uh, in your pocket will probably melt it. As most of us know, if you've ever carried a chocolate candy bar around in your pocket. But Spencer always carried around a peanut cluster bar in his pocket for a snack and to feed the squirrels and chipmunks during his lunch break, according to his grandson. So interesting. This is an interesting uh, bit of luck. Other people may have discounted or disregarded this, but Spencer was curious. Why had his peanut cluster bar melted? He started to put other food under the magnetron tube. Uh, First, he exploded an egg. Then he popped popcorn. The idea of the microwave was born. In 1947, the radar range was the first commercial microwave, uh, costing over $2,000 and weighing nearly 750 pounds. It took another 20 years for the invention to really catch on across the U.S. But as the cost decreased along with the size, most Americans came to own a microwave. And it became ubiquitous here in the United States and in many other places across the world. There was a lot of serendipity in the invention of the microwave, as there is with most inventions. Percy Spencer was an incredibly curious person, which was why he was on the Magnetron project to begin with. He also happened to carry around a candy bar that wouldn't have melted without some outside influence or some outside force. It wasn't a chocolate candy bar uh, that might have accidentally gotten too close to him as he worked that just happened to melt. It was a peanut cluster bar that had no reason to melt. He then persisted in experimenting with the idea. The company also persisted with the idea. The first microwaves were expensive and heavy. There was also some fear around a new electronic cooking device, but they were able to develop smaller, more affordable versions 
after 20 to 30 years, making a significant impact. That's a long time. Maybe not back then, but certainly now. It's hard to imagine any company today persisting with an idea or an invention with slow adoption for more than six to 12 months before giving up. The key, though, is that many factors came together just right to create an invention that so many of us know and love. Sure, it doesn't make the best food, but it can certainly get a bowl of soup heated up in 60 seconds, which oftentimes is just great. So as far as product development and serendipity, finding the interesting amid the noise or amid the radio waves is critical. It's what Instagram did in 2010. So originally the app was called Bourbon, a location sharing app where users could check in, earn points, make plans with friends, etc. Similar to Foursquare at the time, but the founders didn't feel like it was compelling enough. All except one part of it, the photo sharing aspect. So they narrowed in, stripping out everything else but photos, commenting, and liking. And Instagram was born. Fortunately, it was very well received, more so than most other apps that we can name to this day. Instagram, though, through some luck and skill, found the thing that people really wanted to apply interesting filters to photos and easily share them. And they ran with that idea, creating a simple yet powerful user experience. Uh, Segment is another example. Segment is a customer data platform and it had to change directions several times. It started life as a classroom lecture tool to help professors know if students were understanding content which sounds like a really interesting idea. Let students give feedback during lectures and let professors or teachers react to that or understand if students are are understanding the material. But it flopped really hard. As soon as they got into an actual classroom or lecture hall, the, the company realized that what students did was open their laptops, and immediately go to sites like Facebook. And so the company had to move to something else. So they moved to data analytics. But after about a year, found that the market was saturated and they couldn't break in. So with money running low, they were about out of ideas. The last move involved an internal JavaScript library that the company had developed to deal with all the data it was collecting and then funneling to different analytics services, basically simplifying the pipeline for developers. They decided to offer it up and see if others would be interested, even though Peter Reinhardt, their CEO, thought it was a terrible idea. So they did that and it blew up. Uh, An article I link in this week's newsletter states, developers could now place one piece of code onto the websites that allowed them to use dozens of analytics services. As Segment built out their offering, users could better manage their growing customer data, personalizing it and managing it across different services, bringing insights together more easily. After multiple failed attempts at a business and several products, 
an internal library segment had developed to make life easier for themselves turned out to be just what everyone else needed as well. And it turned into a massive business. But it may not have seen the light of day if any of their other ideas had worked out. Or if any of those ideas had bombed more spectacularly and they had ran out of runway. Or if Segment had pivoted initially into something completely different uh, other than analytics and never had developed that internal JavaScript library. Serendipity. So creating serendipity. It's one thing to understand luck and serendipity and invention and product development, but it's another to harness them. Luck and serendipity by their nature can't be relied on for consistent product development and invention. But what can we do to prepare to take advantage of serendipity whenever it arises? First, a couple things. So first, get curious. Like Percy Spencer above, we can create more opportunities for serendipity by being curious. Rather than overlooking the unusual or even the normal, we can look at everything with curiosity. Why is the candy bar melting? Why do users do that? Why is the world the way it is? What happens if we change X or Y? In a previous article, I wrote about getting curious and the lessons from Sherlock Holmes, also linked in this week's newsletter at productthinking.cc. We need to be curious about our world. We can do that by better observing what is happening. Rather than passively moving through our lives and our products, actively pay attention and observe. For more ideas, check out that article. So that's the first thing. Second thing, cross ideas. Serendipity often happens at the intersection of disciplines or fields or experiences. The best ideas for products and inventions often cross domains or take many different ideas and put them together. The invention of the first spreadsheet, VisiCalc, was a conglomeration of multiple ideas. Daniel Bricklin, one of the creators, imagined, what if my calculator had a ball on its back like a mouse? And imagine if I had a heads-up display like in a fighter plane where I could see a virtual image hanging in the air in front of me. I could just move my mouse keyboard calculator around on the table, punch in a few numbers, circle them to get a sum, do some calculations, and answer 10% will be fine. So Bricklin drew on a number of different ideas and fields to bring together the idea for the first spreadsheet, which revolutionized many different industries. And as much as we may not like spreadsheets, they're still one of the most powerful tools we have today. Bringing together a variety of ideas from different areas goes for most creative thinkers too. In his book, Range, David Epstein talks about this. Uh, Rather than obsessively focusing on a narrow topic, creative achievers tend to have broad interest. This breadth often supports insights that cannot be attributed to domain-specific expertise alone. Uh, That is one of my all-time favorite books, so check that one out. Link in this week's newsletter, uh, also in the show notes. One One of my favorites. So that's number two. Number three, create chances or opportunities. The best way to score goals is to take lots of shots. The best way to have good ideas is to have lots of ideas. The best way to create luck is to create lots of chances. Some of the best ideas for products or features come from ideas in how customers are using existing products. So you have to get out and talk to users and see what they are doing. 
One of the easiest pitfalls to run into is not talking to users and customers. It's fundamental to product development, but way too often takes a backseat to many of the other things that product managers and designers have to do. But how can serendipity strike without lots of opportunities for someone to make an offhand comment or for you to see something that makes you ask why? Have lots of conversations, try out lots of ideas, and create many chances. Finally, have fun. An article for TechCrunch talks about a founder named Jane, the founder and CEO of Sugru, a London-based startup that makes a moldable adhesive for repairing any physical object. She started playing with different materials, combining them, and simply having fun without a specific purpose in mind. This led to the beginnings of a product that led to her company. Having fun is something that kids know how to do well, but we often forget as adults, but it's still just as critical. When we have fun, we allow ourselves the opportunity to put new ideas together, like we talked about before. We're also able to find flow, that state where we are completely immersed in an activity and time passes imperceptibly. It may not always bring about the next million dollar idea, but it can set the stage for it, or at least free our minds to solve the important problems and be open for serendipity. So in conclusion, often the best ideas, products, or experiences aren't the ones we're actively looking for. They're the ones that come together when hard work and luck meet. That's serendipity. That can take the form of completely new invention, like a new microwave, or a new product feature, or a new business process, but we have to keep a curious mindset and be ready for the opportunities. When a customer shows us a completely different way they are using our product, it's not that they're doing it wrong, it could be a new opportunity, which is why it's critical to talk to users and see things out in the wild. So get out there, experiment, and create some serendipity. So that is it for this week's main newsletter on serendipity and invention, creating products and experiences through luck and skill. Also, a few other links in this week's article. So the first article, the scale and details of the latest ransomware attack emerge. Uh, The hits just keep on coming, don't they? So uh, over this last weekend, A cybersecurity team worked feverishly to stem the impact of the single biggest global ransomware attack on record. And it just feels like these will keep on coming and coming and getting bigger and bigger. So uh, check that out. And uh, I'm sure we'll just uh, keep hearing more and more about that. Uh, The next article, an interesting one on the new social media for uh, Donald Trump and uh, Trump uh, supporters that uh, sonic smut is flooding Trump's new social network. So didn't know that uh, they were creating a new social network and didn't know sonic smut existed. Used to be a huge, huge sonic fan, sonic the hedgehog growing up. So um, anyway, it's an an interesting article. Uh, You can check that out. Uh, Quoting from it, uh, nary a month after the dramatic implosion of former president 
and current Twitter refugee John, Donald Trump's attempted blogging career, the septuagenarian authoritarian's team of grifter of grifting enablers has launched its latest attempt at a social network network for folks who are just too darn patriotic for mainstream social media and also for all sorts of Sonic the Hedgehog porn. Uh, It's almost just too funny and too extreme. So you can check that out. And uh, last article, the most precious resource is agency. Uh, Agency is precious because lucidities that purposeful purposeful work and responsibility bring are the real education. The secret of the world is that it is a very malleable place. We must be sure that people learn this and never forget the order. Learning is naturally the consequence of doing. So check out those articles and all the other articles I link throughout this week's newsletter. Uh, You can find that at productthinking.cc. Link and other links in the show notes. Um, You can subscribe to the free newsletter at the same site, productthinking.cc, or upgrade to the paid newsletter if you want to support what I'm doing here. um, You can do that or drop a tip. uh, Link in the show notes as well. And follow me on social media at Kyle Larry Evans. And I will see you next time. 